Okay, now let's do the integration work for nonsets. Integration and embodiment, that is, taking a spiritual realization and integrating it psychologically into all areas of our life. The main way we do this integration, the main way I do this integration, is through physiological embodiment. You move the energy into your body quite physically, quite spiritually, quite etherically. And that's just flowing it from the outside inward, from the top of the head down to the bottom of the feet. You just make it flow. But here we're talking about integration. Okay. So what is the significance of nonsense in all areas of my life? First and foremost, we need to discuss the nature of work. In the area of occupation, there is usually the concept, the idea that there is a linear relationship between input and output. That is, for the amount of effort you put in, there'll be an equal and opposite and fair reward consequence remuneration remuneration you will be rewarded fairly for fair work but what makes certain work fair what determines whether certain work is fair or not is arbitrary there's no clear method of determining this apart from we can consider the notion of supply and demand if the supply of a product is larger than the demand then the prices should be much much lower and this of course shows quite a very linear relationship right more demand higher price more supply, lower price. <laughs> and that makes it seem fair. It makes it seem reasonable. It makes it make sense. But it is only using monetary value as a measure of remuneration as a measure of value and meaning, as a measure of the value, the worth of the work. And solely using monetary value is inappropriate for work that is 
nonsensical. <laughs> if we consider work to be nonsensical, what you have is work that is not driven by motivations, any kind of motivations, any whys or because or purposes. And similarly, and similarly, work that is not driven towards any specific consequences. It is not even work for its own sake. It is not. It is not valueless work. It's invaluable work. Work whose value that you cannot describe in any terms. Now, if work is invaluable, the best way... (laughs) A way to approach then if work is invaluable and that is our term for meaning now as we integrate nonsense into our occupational functioning if work is invaluable if the work we do is invaluable If all work is invaluable, if work as such is intrinsically and extrinsically invaluable, then there's no means by which we can come to a fair value, a fair assessment of the worth of a certain piece of work and therefore determine how much it should be bought or sold for. It's invaluable. It cannot be properly valued. And having this as the intrinsic assumption of all work, we find ourselves in the approach of allowing customers to pay what they think is fair, right, instead of sticking a particular label which then makes the person makes the person viewing the article think that it is worth that amount of value you instead say you decide how much it is worth because my decision 
and your decision and anyone else's decision of what is fair value for what is intrinsically invaluable, what is, is what is extrinsically invaluable differs. And so you relieve yourself from the pain of living based off of numbers, views, likes, shares, subscription, all these things. You end up with two basic kinds of work. Work that is invaluable and work that is valuable. (laughs) Neither of which can be considered more or less important than the other. Neither of which can be considered more or less important than the other. And we can extrapolate this as we move forward into the realm of relationships in which we have relationship anarchy pushed to its farthest extreme, polyamory at its furthest, you end up viewing every relationship, every person, including yourself, never forget, as invaluable. Each distinction, each similarity as invaluable. Each personality, each position, each class, each status, each gender. Whatever distinction that we make, whatever categorization that we make, We start off from an assumption of invaluability. That it is in fact absurd to make such a distinction in the first place. Knowing this, we then proceed, we then proceed to make our distinctions very critically and our distinctions very lightly. We don't cling to our distinctions. Instead, instead, what we do is rest in non-attachment. Because there is no way 
by which to adequately express your love, affection, appreciation for something, for someone that is invaluable. There's no means by which you can possess it and keep it or them only for yourself. Possessiveness, trying to cling and own and hoard the invaluable when all is invaluable is inappropriate because it is not just invaluable for you, it is fundamentally invaluable. And thus, all must share it equally, all must have an opportunity. And once you have had yours, then it is time to get off the stage, get off the stage. And so, with integrating the nonsensical, you have people and things as invaluable. So I view myself and my actions and my fundamental attributes and characteristic as invaluability. Invaluability. <laughs> Fun word to say. Viewing life itself as invaluable. Viewing enlightenment as invaluable. Viewing non enlightenment as invaluable. Viewing it all as invaluable. That which is invaluable cannot appropriately be described or ascribed a number, a value that says it is exactly this much. And because we have said it's this much, that's how much it is worth. But this is not the case. This is not the case. It is all invaluable. And when it's all invaluable, there's no means by which you can 
approach it, to hoard it, to be addicted to it, to cling to it. Even though you may very well need it. But to ascribe that you need it is to ascribe a value, need the value of necessity for something to be invaluable. Something to be invaluable doesn't mean that. For something to be invaluable, it does not mean that it is necessary. (laughs) Because already to reduce it to the significance of necessity is one step removed. Necessity is one kind of valuation. In itself. And so. What you want. Is invaluable. What you want is. What you want. You have already reduced it into an object of desire. An object of desire is already removed from an invaluable phenomenon. And so you even view for yourself the aspect of money and money is itself invaluable and this is where we find ourselves pondering what we are worth, pondering what our work is worth, pondering what is fair. And we find that there is no fairness because fairness is already a reduction to a single value. And then we go again and reduce value to a single kind of value typically monetary value or intrinsic value and then we are stuck we are stuck 
suffering from our attachments. We are stuck living in relationship to motivations and consequences. Defending ourselves from consequences while we marry ourselves to our motivations. It's all invaluable. It's all invaluable.